This is the PropTech VC Podcast. We give you unique insights into how innovative technologies are disrupting real estate. We interview top entrepreneurs, investors, and knowledgeable experts to share the inside scoop in this fast-moving industry. It's hosted by leading PropTech VC, Zane Jaffer. Let's dive into today's content. What are the expectations for a regional to visit? Uh, and, and at all levels, and I know the on-site team live pretty much work on-site and uh, sometimes yeah. live on-site, right? They'll even have their own unit uh, that is allocated for them if there's an intense period. I know we, we have that arrangement with you guys for uh, some of our properties right now. But how often should uh, the HQ level, regional level, visit assets? That's a That's a great question. I would say that if it's a very stabilized asset, you're not doing a big rehab or a lot of construction and it's stabilized, typically once a month for two to three days is adequate to go through a checklist, check on all the items, walk the property, walk any vacant units. You really kind of get a feel by being there for a few days and having a different set of eyes on the the property and you're able to find things that are going going on that you may not see from afar just by looking through your property management software now if it's a property that is going through a lot of renovations or is needing repositioning then you're you're probably going to be there two to three times a month, I would say, for a regional level. There's an expectation, especially as property management firms mature and they partner with institutional man- institutional level investors, that the property manager will walk in hand in hand with them and evaluate the asset. You're involved at the due diligence level. You're involved in constructing budgets. Walk us through that process. That That process really kind of entails first contact with an investor and you at that level you hear about um, a piece of real estate that the investor is wanting to buy and at that point you're really trying to learn as much as possible about that property not just so um, you know for takeover but in our case we like to help the owner determine hey is this is this a smart move is this a property that you really should purchase and um, where do we see it going so a lot of that front end is getting that property information looking at the the current numbers and trying to budget and pro forma what what we anticipate the property could do if it was purchased by this new investor Um, so that's a big piece and looking at the the actual property itself next is kind of the due diligence phase. And that is when it is very important to look at everything physical on the property and seeing, are these plumbing systems in good shape? These HVAC systems, what type of wiring um, is on the property? And you go through a very, comprehensive checklist and then you it helps you budget out as well of okay we're gonna have to change some of these major systems it's gonna cost X amount of money and all of these things in the due diligence period whether it's the financial aspect or looking at the physical aspect 
all of that helps the the potential owner or investor understand okay if i purchase this property here's what it's going to take to get the return that i require on the capital invested and here's how long um, we anticipate it will take to get that sort of return and so it's really a relationship of the investor coming to the property management company and getting their expertise and then you work together hand in hand towards that common goal whether it's a okay i want to hold this for two years and flip it or i want to own this for a, a long time so you really work with the investor to find their goals and work towards them together it's not a hey go do this and then you never talk to them again it's 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 very much an active relationship and process and i'm guessing the expectation is you've got to fly on a whim you've got to travel you've got to build that flexibility to your schedule and it, is that what separates ownership and leadership in the firms uh, from, you know, the regionals uh, and the, uh, you know, lower level staff? Or do you get um, on-site staff involved at the due diligence stage also? So typically the on-site staff, unless you have someone that when you're taking a property over or you're looking to buy it in the due diligence phase the the current owner might already have staff there but you're typically going to take them on if you choose to um, at kind of closing of the property so during the due diligence phase it's usually something where higher level will go personnel will go and walk the property and you're also taking who would be the supervisor for that re region so they can get comfortable with the property, see the nuts and bolts of walking all the units, looking at some of these systems, because then they know, okay, on closing day, day one, when we get those keys, I'm gonna have to hit the ground running and here is what I have seen the issues are, here are things we need to improve. And they already have very solid knowledge of here's what I'm going to go tell the on-site maintenance, the on-site management, and be be ready to kind of put the business and management plan in motion. And it's a delicate process when an owner wants to sell an asset because you don't want to spook out the on-site staff. The on-site staff are going to worry that we may lose our jobs because the owner is going to sell the property. and. Even when you're coming in and you're doing due diligence, I, I'd use the word mystery shopping in a way, where you're uh -huh. coming in, um, you don't necessarily come in and say, hey, I'm a new property management firm and we are exploring whether we should keep you or not. And this is to the on-site staff, right? Well, walk us right. through that dance because it's a very delicate one and it's uh, it's one that you, you've got to approach carefully. Yeah, it's a, and it's, it is a delicate situation and you have different owners you're dealing with too. Some owners uh, will say, hey, I have had Sally or, or Joe here for 20 years. They've been great employees. Please don't say why you're here. And so you have to kind of go undercover a little bit. You've got you've to be sly and act like you're there for an appraisal or this, that, or you're with the mortgage company because from the owner's perspective, they're thinking, okay, if 
if this person doesn't buy the property from me and they spook off my good employees, then I'm left sitting here with my property still and I've lost a 20 year employee. Um, they're, they're kind of in a bad spot. So some people want to be very secretive with it until they really know that the property is going to change hands. Other times they will, you'll kind of go in and employees already know what's going on. They know the property's for sale. They, they're, they're comfortable with it. But I think in either case, there's some bit of uncertainty. If they know that there's a very large property management company and they can get transferred somewhere else or to another property, they feel a little bit better. But I'd say more often than not, there's there's nowhere, if if you don't keep the on-site staff, they, they don't have anywhere else to go within their current management company. So there there is a bit of anxiety there for on-site staff anytime a property changes ownership. You know, it, it's tough. And the parallel here in the tech industry is when you're an external CEO coming in or you're a board member making a change, you know, new CEO comes in or not even new CEO. It could be at a VP level or president level in the company that coming in and they're inheriting a team. And that's an awkward time because on one hand, if you put yourself in the perspective of the new leader coming in, you need transparency. You need uh -huh. to know what's going on. You don't want the dog and pony show. Right. Where everything is rosy and people are selling their best version of themselves. You want to get straight to the point. But on the other hand, you also appreciate that sometimes companies are in need of a turnaround because they're not being managed well. And nowhere right. is this more common than real estate. Real estate basically are many companies. And one reason companies are for, uh, or real estate's for sale is because management's incompetent and management hasn't done a good job. It could be on the leasing side, it could be on the maintenance side, it could be on any side. And that's a vulnerable position to be in when you are a frontline employee. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly right. And that's what we see most of the time is you go into these properties and either the management staff, the on-site staff has not been educated very well or the leadership that they've been given is not great. Or they, a big thing is their character and their attitude. If, if the employee is willing to learn a new way or willing to take new direction, then that is great. And for instance, I will go in and I will be patient teaching these processes that we have tested and we know work, but a lot of times people get very stuck in their ways. They're resistant to change. And so we found, unfortunately, that probably 75 or 80% of the time, if you go into a property that is not working or is not running efficiently, you typically need to make a change to the personnel. And that can make the largest difference by just making those changes and you start to see everything else fall in line. That's why I think with with real estate, yes, there's location. You want to be in a good location. You want to have um, a well-built building. But if you don't have the right people to run it with the right character or skill set or desire to want to make the property better and make it 
run and a success. If you don't have that, then you're just going to spin your wheels.